Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back for another month of this great podcast. As a thank you for all our loyal listeners, I wanted to give you a summary of what's going on. For those of you who have shared and written positive comments about the podcast, given us a five-star rating on iTunes, I just want to thank you for that. All of your hard work does not go unnoticed. I understand that it does take time to write a review, but those go a long way. So I just want to thank you. For those of you who have written reviews, thank you very much. That's very special. And if you haven't written a review, please do so. Tell your friends and family about the show. We have been going strong, bringing you monthly podcasts on the first of every month since January of 2014. That's a lot of episodes, a lot of research, and a lot of promo codes. And sometimes those promo codes go away, but one that is probably not going away is Izzy10. If you go to DerekIzzy.com, you can check out the swag store. There's a link also in the show notes. Use promo code IZZI10 and you will get 10% off your order. DerekIzzy.com is your exclusive place for show merchandise. Check it out. Use promo code IZZI10 and get 10% off your order. And now the topic of today's podcast. Back in the 1850s, there were a lot of racial tensions in the state of California. You had the settlers trying to move into new territory and take over California. You had Mexicans coming up from the south. And then you had the indigenous people who had been there for the longest. And there was also some post-war sentiment that was going on at that time. We had the Mexican-American War that took place in 1846 to 1848. And as part of that treaty, the United States took over California. As soon as the United States took over, the settlers just rushed into California. We had the gold rush coming. People were mining for gold. Everyone was trying to get rich. And between the settlers, the defeated Mexico, and the indigenous people trying to hold on to their land, it created a very hostile environment for those who lived there. Now, the way this treaty worked with the Mexico... If there were Mexicans who were already in California, if they wanted to stay in California, they had the choice to, and they would receive U.S. citizenship. However, being a U.S. citizen didn't come with all the rights that everyone else had. Because at the time, in California, you had to be a white man in order to vote. So even though you were a legal citizen, you did not have the right to vote. Of course, now we've experienced the opposite side of that issue where 
everyone has the right to vote and they vote like morons and nobody cares about what direction the country's going. They just look at, hey, this politician will give me what I want, so I'm going to vote for them. And people fall for the con artists that keep getting elected into these positions and don't do any good. So here we are. Back in those times, the right to vote was something that was very important to the population. For the Mexicans who stayed as American citizens, they also found that they weren't property owners. That's correct. The federal government would not honor their ownership rights when it came to personal property. In fact, in just two years, with all the settlers and people coming in with the gold rush, the population of California that was considered non-native was about 15,000 in the year 1848, and in two years, that had grown from 15,000 to 165,000. As more and more settlers came in, there were disputes over property rights, there were shootouts. You know, this was still considered the Wild West. People defended their property with their lives. Born in 1829, approximately, because we don't have confirmed records of his birth, the topic of our podcast seems to have been born in Sonora, Mexico. The historians have come to agreement on his place of birth, but you can imagine, as with most people of that time, not very much is known about his childhood and his early upbringing, but we do know that he had a brother, he had a wife, and that they came to California to find gold. Between the three of them, they were able to set up a farm and work on a gold claim. And as the government always tries to do, they had to get their hands in on this gold rush. One of the things they implemented was a foreign miners tax. And this made it illegal for Mexicans to hold a claim when they mined for gold. So they migrated here, started mining for gold, and then the government decided, hey, you can't keep that. That's not yours. Like many others from Mexico at the time, they were trying to get rich and build a life for their family. After he arrived in California, other family members started to come over. Cousins, brothers-in-law, more cousins. This gold rush would attract attention from all over the country. California's population would blow up, and you can imagine, back in the 1800s, with less law enforcement than we have today, mining for gold was quite dangerous. Would you get to keep the gold that you mined? Would somebody steal it? Would somebody kill you and take your property? These were all valid concerns, especially if you came from another country and you migrated here. The one thing the settlers had going for them was that they had law enforcement on their side and the federal government on their side, unless they were outlaws. But even the outlaws had friends among the group of settlers. The topic of our podcast, he made friends. He had his family members, and he called his gang the Five Joaquins. Why did they call themselves that? Well, because five of them were named Joaquin. Lawlessness was all over the place in California. In fact, in 1853, the governor of California created the California Rangers. There was a former Texas Ranger. I'm sure everyone's heard of the Texas Rangers and their famous exploits. 
A former Texas Ranger was in charge of the California Rangers, and they would enforce justice in the state of California. As the topic of our podcast, Mind for Gold, he and his gang started stealing cattle. They started traveling between western states with their exploits. And this is where the history books kind of disagree. It's often very challenging to get an accurate depiction of what actually happened in some of the historical texts because you really have to consider the source and the motivation of the person writing it. Was it a newspaper article that just documented facts or was it something that was written salaciously to get ratings and newspaper sales? We do know that the topic of our podcast did lead a gang. We know that they attacked trains. Train robbery was a big thing back then. And they had kind of developed a following. They found that some of the villagers in the areas where they would frequent would protect them. When law enforcement came looking for them, the villagers had no idea where they were. Nobody saw a thing. Rumors started to spread about this deadly gang of bandits. In fact, one historical source says that this gang killed over 40 people based on historical accounts of different raids that they participated in. In fact, they had made such an impact in California that the California Rangers were hired to exterminate the gang. The Rangers would be paid $150 a month and then a $1,000 reward for the capture of the gang. The state of California offered a sole reward if anyone captured the topic of our podcast, either dead or alive, in the amount of $5,000. That was a lot of money back in the 1850s. But what motivated this leader of this infamous gang to go on these crime sprees? Was it all an effort to get rich, or was there an ulterior motivation? The effect of this gang was both good and bad. Bandits in part of the state just started dying off. This gang was killing bad guys. People started to fear them. In February of 1853, six Chinese gold miners were found murdered. Rumors that this gang of five Joaquins had been responsible for these deaths and fear was spreading throughout the state. With the California Rangers and big reward money being offered for the head of the leader of this gang, it was inevitable that somebody should find him. And allegedly, the group of California Rangers confronted the gang. The Rangers claimed that one of the gang members was the leader. They chopped off his head, and they preserved it in a jar of alcohol so that they could bring it to the authorities and claim their reward. Proving someone's identity back then was kind of difficult. You didn't just have fingerprints. You had to rely on eyewitness testimony. The human head does not travel well in a jar of alcohol. But it was assumed that the rangers had killed the correct person. In fact, the nephew of the topic of our podcast went on in the 1860s and 1870s to become one of California's most notorious bandits. His alleged motive was to exceed the reputation of his uncle. One of the members of the gang was a Mexican army veteran named Three-Fingered Jack because he allegedly had two fingers blown off in a firefight during the Mexican-American War. The legend that spread about this gang was that they would target American miners using their lassos to pull them off of horses, 
murdering them, and then stealing their gold. While we don't actually know what motivated this gang of bandits, we do know that there is a legend about the motivation of the topic of our podcast. There are many stories that have spread about the motivation. The locals at the time will tell you that the topic of our podcast was not actually a cold-blooded killer, but he was more of a Robin Hood character. That his crime spree started after a gang of outlaws had raped and murdered his wife, and that he came seeking revenge for what happened to his wife, and that all the money that he took from these miners, all the gold and horses that he stole, that he brought these things back to Mexico and shared with the poor families of Mexico. And while that does make for a heartfelt story, we know that most historical events don't have happy endings, and that we must go by the text and accounts that existed at the time. And unfortunately, there were no accounts that show this as a positive story. But people like to believe in legends. We will probably never know the truth about the topic of today's podcast, but most likely, he was a small-time criminal whose name became mixed up in the plethora of other outlaws of the time. But regardless, his name was a powerful symbol of resistance at the time. Long after his death, there were many stories that were written about him, movies, TV shows, because it is believed that Joaquin Murrieta is the outlaw who inspired the fictional character of Zorro, because now you know the rest of the story. I want to thank everyone for listening to this month's show. Please tune in for future episodes. Write a five-star review on iTunes and use promo code IZZY10, I-Z-Z-I-1-0, to get all of your Derek Izzy Show swag. Go to DerekIzzy.com, promo code I-Z-Z-I-1-0. Good day.